Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Noah Stokes, founder and CEO of Canagard Security, a company providing security services for cannabis companies nationwide. Welcome, Noah. Well, thank you so much, Shango, for having me on the show. Well, let's start by giving folks an idea of what it is exactly to be a cannabis security consultant. Uh, what services do you provide to these cannabis companies? Yeah, so we've been doing this for just over two years now, and it's been evolving as we've been going. We started out specifically with electronic security, so cameras, access control, alarm systems, and using some pretty state-of-the-art high-end systems to make sure that they're compliant and future-proof, can grow with the actual licensees as well as be able to detect potential threats and uh, be able to keep them secure. Over the last year and especially the last six months as Oregon is about to really break away with their licenses and, and really start enforcing regulation, we've had a lot of our customers requesting us to get into the actual guard guard side of it, transportation, um, off-site video monitoring. So people can actually have uh, a company monitoring their videos off-site as opposed to having to pay for somebody to be on-site because sometimes that doesn't make sense you know, financially for them. Um, be able to do background checks and provide ATMs and uh, safes, that uh, customized safes that will actually alert them of activities through their alarm system, through their camera system. Uh, POS analytics. Uh, that attach to if someone does a voided transaction on their POS system and actually sends a real-time alert to the licensee or the manager so that they can see, hey, somebody voided a transaction, but did the customer still hand them cash? <laughs> did they give the cash back? Um, so, and even uh, compliance audits, so they can self-audit themselves um, as opposed to having an inspector come in there and, and tell them all the things that they may or may not be doing correctly. They can prevent um, any potential violations. Cash tracking, so... Our customers can now put uh, something that's disguised as dollar bills or anything, really, uh, into their cash. So if someone did come in and actually rob them, they can track it with three different methods of tracking, RFID, cellular tracking, GPS, you know, the whole bit. So we, we wanted to provide our customers with a all-encompassing security solution so that whatever worry they had, we, provide, we can provide them with a solution to help them sleep at night, which is a major thing that our customers um, complain about is is constantly being worried um, while they're there. So uh, we, we give them peace of mind and, and keep them uh, protected and compliant uh, with the state. Do you find that most of your clients are retailers since that's where uh, the cannabis and the public come together most often? Or are you also finding that you've got a lot of folks that are in uh, producing and processing that are concerned about their security where it's, it's grown and processed? Yeah, so currently – 
uh, our current customer base, about 100 uh, actual licensed facilities in Oregon and Washington. Most of them are retailers, but we have a lot of growers. As, as they start regulating the actual growers more heavily here in Oregon, because they really haven't on the medical side, so as they start regulating the recreational growers, that's where most of our business will be, and that's where we really will specialize. The dispensaries are easier uh, in some ways because they're a smaller building, they're more public, you know, it, it's less likely that someone's going to come into that facility because generally these these uh, dispensaries and retail stores are on a high traffic road, you know, most yeah. of them. The growers, on the other hand, are very remote and they generally have more product on hand and they are easier to get to outdoor grows with, you know, their five acres. And, and so that's where we really specialize and we really shine is protecting people in remote areas that, you know, if something happened, you know, the police aren't even going to get there coming full speed for 20 minutes. Uh, it, it's a 50-50 scenario and, and it's easier to do a dispensary because they're smaller systems. Once you get into these large, even the indoor grows that are a 10, 20, 30,000 square foot facility that has to have camera coverage all over the place for the state as well as camera coverage and, and the actual security piece of it for internal threats, where which is where most uh, likely you're going to have um, someone steal something. To have that protected and have it usable and have a policy and procedure in place, you know, you, you really have to put additional thought and energy and effort into that because it's such a large facility with nooks and crannies everywhere. So we do all of them and we do them all uh, slightly differently uh, because they're kind of a different animal. So, so from working with my own Canvas clients, one of the things that they almost uniformly disdain is working their way through the often Byzantine regulations at the state level. And yet you've chosen to you know, kind of embrace the suck and make it your specialty. Um, I would think that your clients would be thrilled to be able to have a, a turnkey solution for this. Do you find that kind of universally that, that the, the business owners are – you know, they really don't want to go through the regulations. Are you seeing that, you know, uh, oh, with everybody? Absolutely. It, it's, you know, we saw an opportunity when they first came out with the regulations here in Oregon, then obviously going through the, the process in Washington. You know, the, the typical client is not someone with an extensive background. It's getting more professional or extensive business background, I should say. It's getting more professional by far. There's, there's a lot of uh, very professional business people that are getting into the market. But there's also still a high volume of people that are not familiar with filling out the forms and, and working with the government. And believe me, it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. We try to take every ounce of that fear and that confusion out of it. You know, when you do something over and over and over and over and over again, you're going to do it uh, better. You're going to know uh, what, what people's expectations are. You know, it may say one thing, but you know that they're actually expecting something different. And, so because we've worked with as many licensees as we have, I mean, we, we're in process with over 400 licensees in Washington and Oregon that are just waiting to actually build it out or get their license applied for. We've, we've been in communication with the inspectors and the regulators, and we've been helping the OLCC here in Oregon to actually draft these rules and regulations and do them intelligently so that someone can know if I do exactly this, I will be compliant. That's really what a lot of our customers want to know. And the way that, honestly, every state has written their rules and regulations, it's very vague and very open to interpretation. And so, you know, people that really want to be regulated, uh, you know, they, they're willing to be regulated. They want to do it correctly. They want to know that what they're doing is the right way to do it. 
And the states make it very difficult for them to know exactly that they're doing it. And we have to be in a lot of times either the bearer of bad news or the people that they have to trust explicitly because we've been through this process. You know, we are really asking for a lot of trust uh, based on our experience with these customers because we're going to tell them they have to spend a certain amount of money on a system that they may not want to spend that money on it. And we have to tell them, well, this is the only thing that will actually get you open and passed and, and regulated. And so we've done it enough times now that we can much more confidently say it than when we were first starting. You know, when we first started, we had to be really creative with ways that we could ensure compliance without overselling somebody but also not underselling somebody because uh, – and we've actually passed every inspection we've ever done, one, you know, first day, um, 100%. Uh, we've done it by having extra installers and extra cameras and extra wires run because <laughs> the, the inspectors have interpreted things differently than anybody else or any other inspectors, but we, we made it happen. So it's been a, a huge pain, and yes, our customers love that we – that we have taken the compliance and taken the regulations and, and really own them and made it our business to know exactly what they need and how to, how to best, best service them. Well, I bet you that they are certainly smiling when they hear that uh, you've passed 100% of your inspections the first time. And it kind of brings to mind that you know any of our listeners who are considering opening cannabis security companies in the you know newly uh, legalizing and normalizing states, that uh, it's a good reminder for them that you know in addition to having your own business set up structured properly uh, you should also participate with your you know the rules and regulations that are evolving in your state so that you can have a hand in their creation so that you know that you can help companies get to the marks that they're setting up it sounds like it's it's almost two jobs there's a job to set up your own business and then there's a second job which is understanding the regulations and how they're evolving so that um, you know as an entrepreneur you can uh, evolve your services to meet this you know moving target that is state by state regs yeah, it absolutely is. And we just met with the OLCC recently, and, and a good example of that is when they put in their requirements or rules and regulations, they call it security system requirements. My question to them as they've, they've asked us to review the draft rules and to give them advice because we've reviewed just about every state that's out there uh, and helped create plans for it. And my first question was, do you want me to recommend requirements that would keep these facilities secure or do you want to verify compliance? Because when you call it a security system, people will put these cameras in and use security equipment. But really what they're doing and what the state's intent is, is to uh, actually verify their compliance versus their priority being the security. And so my, my ploy to them would be, hey, please call it a compliance verification system versus a security system because people think, hey, if I buy some security cameras from Costco and put a bunch of them in, that must mean I'm secure. Well, no, it means that you can pass your compliance and the state is okay. They can watch you and verify that you're paying your taxes. But that doesn't mean that you're actually secure. They're very different things. So that, that's, been, that's been a big one for us is helping them to understand the difference between secure and compliant. I think that's an important delineation between security and compliance. And when we get back from the break, we're going to talk more specifically about the security side. So thanks, Noah. We're going to take a short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Dr. Dabber. 
Hurry, its temperature is shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Noah Stokes of Canagard Security. Before the break, we were talking about the difference between compliance and security. Compliance meaning uh, your business is in line with the state regulations, but security is actually keeping your money, product, and employees safe. So Noah, you know there have been a lot of new technologies introduced in the last few years, especially with the development of the internet and IP addressing video cameras and you know. Cloud cloud services within retail environments. What are a couple of these new technologies that you find especially useful in securing a cannabis retail environment? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have really taken a lot of pride. We're, we really are a technology company first that's operating in the security space. Um, the actual security components of is a sensor opened or closed or is there motion or no motion, you know, those are all relatively simple. But the new technology that's out today um, really allows these people to be secure in a way that they've never been able to before. And when the state comes out with their rules and regulations, for instance, Washington, they require you know a minimum resolution, basically VGA resolution. In the real world, like I understand that they're trying to reduce the sheer volume of recorded video space because it used to be very, very expensive. You know, you, you buy a one gigabyte thumb drive and it's 25 bucks, you know, at Best Buy. And, you know, I think you can still buy a one gigabyte hard drive or little thumb drive. I'm not really sure. We, you're buying eight and 10, you know, gigabyte hard drives and, and uh, little thumb drives. And so the VGA resolution requirements of these, um, these states that tried to help out, really, I, I can't find, we, we did a search for it. I can't find a camera that exists. It's a new camera that I'm buying from anywhere, Costco, online, anything, whose actual maximum resolution is VGA. I'm having to take one and two megapixel cameras 
and crank down the resolution to VGA quality so that we bridge. And then in the grand scheme of things, they're requiring motion-based recording or um, 24-7 recording. Um, and the difference there of cost between motion-based recording and 24-7 recording is relatively minimal in the grand scheme of things because memory is so cheap. I can get a 16-camera uh, system, uh, we wouldn't, but a customer, a licensee, I should say, can go down to Costco, get a 16-camera system for $800, and then buy a 6-terabyte external hard drive for $200. And that's recording 24-7. And it's just such a minimal expense nowadays because of the way technology has gone. And so they take these rules and regulations from 20 years ago that were written up for liquor you know, licenses or whatever it was, and they try to apply them to today, and really it's just setting the industry up for failure. We uh, propose 24-7 recording because a security system, again, they're, they're selling people a security system or telling them they have to get a security system, but really they're trying to verify compliance. And what I think the state is missing oftentimes and not, not, not putting together when they do this is when people buy a security system, they have full control over that security system, the owner of the security system. Security systems are not meant to prevent the owner of that system from tampering with it. You know, it's meant to catch other people. Well, when the owner of that system happens to be a licensee who's operating in the cannabis space that may or may not have been operating in the black market for years and years and years and may or may not have been paying their taxes ever, um, the chances of them manipulating that security system in their favor to, you know, provide financial gain are drastically higher than, than most, if not any other industry. And so when you can have a motion-based recorded system – um, versus 24-7, someone can just turn the motion recording off anytime they want to from anywhere they want to. So the middle of the night when there's typically not any motion, if they just turn the motion recording settings off from their house on their laptop in their pajamas at midnight and then they go into their facility and do whatever they want to and then turn it back on once they get home and they finish their, their activities – no one would ever know that anything happened because there's nothing recorded on the video. They'd have to be standing there to, to catch them. As a, uh, as, a, as a security entrepreneur in the middle of that situation like yourself, that must create some awkward situations where you know, your client is the licensee, but you're also working on a compliance you know, almost representing the state. I mean, I know you work for your client, but you are working towards compliance. And so I can imagine you finding loopholes that you're like, oh, we should, we should plug this loophole. And then, you know, on, on, a, on a rare occasional licensee, you're like, no, no, I think we're good. <laughs> that puts you in an odd place in the middle. Yeah, our, and our customers, luckily, and we, we do this very specifically and strategically, but our customers are not the customers that want those loopholes. Those guys don't call us. We're, we're not in the business of setting our customers up for failure. And so when we sell a system, the, pe the reason people hire Canaguard is because they want to be compliant and they want to know that they're good with the state and they just want to operate a good business. And so we, we specialize in what things can and can't be, like ways to divert and educating our customers and our licensees about the, and we set up notifications, you know, because they really want their employees to be honest. They want the people that are working for them to be honest. And so we typically deal with a different clientele, but it's, you know, if you have the internet and YouTube and about 15 extra minutes on your, your hands, you can find out ways to get past a lot of these, these basic, especially in a motion based recorded uh, scenario. So, so that's the compliance piece. But, you know, to get back to the security aspect, we have a lot of cool technologies that are 
The offsite video monitoring is something that I mentioned a little bit ago, which is allowing people, it's kind of like an alarm monitoring center someplace you know, in the country to be able to view those cameras at night or during the day or during cash counting scenarios for people that are leaving a facility. So if they're locking up their dispensary at night and they're taking the cash and the product out or whatnot, they can say, hey, I'm, I'm leaving in 10 minutes. Can you watch the cameras and make sure that I get into my car and drive away safely? And then, hey, in the morning, I'm coming with the cash and, and whatever's needed to open up the store that day. Can you make sure there's nobody waiting for me in the parking lot and that I get inside and I'm able to lock the door? And so they can be off-site instead of being taken hostage. Now this company can maintain or, or they can monitor what's happening to ensure that that person is safe. And it's a lot less expensive than having to have a body standing there you know, the entire time. And it's very easy because they have to have camera coverage everywhere anywhere, anyway, and these camera systems can be logged into from anywhere. So that's one of the, the cool things. We also would provide cloud storage. So if someone, it's above and beyond uh, what the state requires. So if someone gets broken into, and let's say they're remote and it takes the officer 20 minutes to get there, well, all someone technically has to do is go in there, take 20 minutes, grab what they're going to grab, and heaven forbid they have the alarm code and they know what they're doing because they're familiar with their facility. If they go in there and take the DVR that's recording everything, how is anybody going to know anything who who it was or, or how many people it was or, or where they went? Yeah, they that's go- just like classic movies, right? They're like, quick, grab the tape. You know, they grab the tape on their way yeah. out with the money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but hey, you're compliant. So we, we throw in cloud storage so that nobody can mess with it, and it records the high-value, high-risk areas, and then it's recorded so that if anybody does tamper with the Internet or the power or the server, we at least have that, have that recorded. And then even like the cash tracking, POS analytics are, are extra above and beyond things. From the state's perspective, in my opinion, you know they, they should be pretty common-sense things, but it's an all-cash business. You have a safe full of cash. If you throw in some of these tracking devices, either into the bag or the jars, we have they can make them into anything. So a little packet that goes in the actual jars to keep the marijuana temperature. Let's see, not temperature, humidity. You know, to keep them keep them long-lasting can also have these tracking capabilities built into something like that. So they throw the jars in their bag, they throw the cash in their bag, and now we're tracking exactly where they go, anywhere they go, and can find them very easily without having that person have to try to prevent them or be a hero. You know, so little little services like this that we add in there that let people know that, hey, even if somebody does come in and clean me out during the day and in my dispensary, they're just going to track them down in, in five, ten minutes anyway. So, yeah, take it, go, do your thing, don't hurt anybody, we're good to go. So. So Noah, with our last minute here, it sounds like you know some. There's a lot of range of different types of technology that can be used, and some of it I'm assuming can get to be quite expensive. But before the first break, you were talking about future-proofing some of these technologies. Just briefly, for the entrepreneurs that are listening, can you explain how to think through future-proofing your technology so it doesn't have to be all rebought again in 18 months? Yeah, and if you talk to people in Colorado and Washington that went through this process, there were several regulation changes after the fact that took their camera system, for instance, from something that did qualify and did and was compliant. Washington, the biggest example and the easiest example is Washington originally did their plan 45 days, 24-7 recording on every single camera, but they had no frames per second requirement. Meaning that, um, you know, frames per second is how many frames are taken. So the smoothness of the video, because, you know, you're watching plants grow, right? So maybe you don't need 30 frames per second like a casino. 
Well, what they did about eight months after after issuing licenses and people opening and buying their systems and building it out is they said, you know, we feel like 10 frames per second on every single camera is really what it should be. And there's applications where 10 frames per second makes sense, but not on every single camera. So when someone bought a system and built out, they had enough storage to get them to at three frames per second to get them compliant. And then the state comes in, they have 50 cameras at three frames per second, and then they flip it to 10 frames per second as a requirement after the fact. That's three and a half times the amount of storage. You go from 10 terabytes, you know, in your system, which is kind of maxing out most, um, even the small ones. And then you go to 35 terabytes. You don't just flip a switch and, and turn it to 35 terabytes. Like you throw that one away and you buy a totally different system. And the state wasn't in the, in the mindset of, oh, you've already purchased it. Okay. We'll just let, we'll grandfather you in. <laughs> it was, you have a certain amount of time to, do whatever you have to do to get that compliant. And so we saw that happen a few times. Um, and so we made sure that all of our systems have the capability to grow in any form or fashion. Video quality, uh, the storage amount, the, the number of locations that you can have monitored off-site. If the state wants the access to it off-site, we can create a custom login that's restricted so they don't have the admin login. So there are little things that you just want to be intentional of when you're designing one of these systems so that if the state does change your mind, or I should say when they do change your mind, uh, that you're okay and you, you aren't having to, to throw something away you bought six, eight, 12 months ago. Well, that's a great explanation. we got to take a short break right here. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. 
We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lowe's. And our guest this week is Noah Stokes of Canaguard Security. So, Noah, the one thing that we haven't talked about is weapons, you know, because at the federal level, cannabis is still illegal. And at the local level, it is legal and we're trying to protect uh, cash and cannabis and employees. And as a security firm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that there's a chance that your, your team must carry weapons at some point, and yet there's this conflict at the federal level. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your, your understanding of your team carrying weapons and, and how that works at the, at the federal and state level and how they contrast. Yeah, it's, it's a t- touchy subject for sure. The Cole Memo um, talks about not having – not having weapons, and uh, for our licensees in their dispensary, even you know retired military and, and retired police officers that have a, a registered concealed carry weapon, they cannot have it on the premises with them, you know, and having cannabis uh, presence, and it just you know you have cash, you have marijuana, and these guys can't carry a gun, and so we get requests for that on a regular basis and we have to be careful with how we deploy that. And we're going to start getting into those services a lot more in this highly regulated aspect of the recreational here in Oregon. And so we have armored trans, we have armed transport, we have armed guard services. And we just have to be careful how we facilitate that. Um, not inside the actual buildings, but more outside the buildings, outside the mm-hmm. perimeter, whether it's follow car. Uh, it, it really is a, a silly and archaic rule that has forced people to spend extra money that is not needed, there's easier and less expensive ways to accomplish this if the federal law was different. And I, their intent with that was to keep the cartels from having the table full of you know, gold you know, AK-47s. I get that. But having a retired police officer have a concealed carry to protect himself in an all-cash marijuana business, that probably makes a little bit of sense. And until people unfortunately probably get shot – uh, in, in attempted robberies, you know, the government's not really paying that much attention to it. They don't, they aren't, it's not on their radar, which is scary. So we try to give these guys peace of mind and other ways to protect themselves. You know, for banks, being robbed is just a normal course of business. They're used to it. Banks will often get robbed. They've got plans for it. And then they just continue on. Do you think we're at a point where cannabis retailers should expect to be robbed as part of their daily course? I mean, not daily, but, you know, it should be something that they are expecting versus a blue moon event. Well, my, my saying with that is just don't be the easiest target on the block. Right now, security systems, camera systems, alarm systems, they are not strictly required. Most of the time, they're not present. And so realistically, unfortunately, there's so many facilities out there, grows, you know, being the biggest targets. They get robbed on a regular basis because they don't have an alarm system. They don't have a camera system. Generally, these guys aren't wanting video cameras to be recording everything that they're doing. And even if it was recording it and somebody stole it, they can't exactly go to the police and say, hey, you know, I had a big pile of cash here and a big pile of marijuana. And so if you find it anywhere, can you return it to me? Send me a picture and I'll tell you if that's the one that got stolen from me. So they can put security systems in. Our customers, we've had nobody that's had a successful attempt and only a couple even attempts on them. So when you put measures in place, it drastically reduces that fact. If you have nothing, if you have no cameras, if you have no alarm system, if you haven't done anything, the chances are it's probably just a cost of doing business. So I'd rather you spend money on a camera system than factor in just getting robbed. Right on. That makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, I hear that. So, you know, for the for the business owners that are listening to the show and probably taking notes, what are your suggestions for them to create better relationships with their local law enforcement? So when the day or if the day comes and they need to call them, they're already familiar with each other. Well, I think it's great. I think having the local, especially, you know, these are guys, if you're going to do it right, then bring the police in, bring the sheriff department, bring anybody else into your facility, the fire department, let, let them walk around it, let them see the rooms, let them see what's in each room, where the valuables would be kept, you know, where your safe room is, let them see where the potential threats are, the entrance, the exits, let them meet you, let them see that you know, you're a normal business person just looking to run a state legal business like everybody else and you want protections just like anybody else. And so they really appreciate that. They love it. They generally have a lot of fun with it. They'll help you write security plans. Uh, they, they're not unfamiliar with this industry. They're familiar with it from two sides, the illegal side and the legal side. Now it's been around long enough. And so they really appreciate that. They want to know what they're getting themselves into prior to walking into one of these facilities because you know they, they've seen it from the, the illegal black market side, and it's usually not a fun scenario to walk into. So it, it's highly recommended to get them involved and just meet them and talk to them and open that line of communication with them so that if something does happen, they, they want to come and help you out because they know that you're trying to do it legit. That sounds like really solid advice. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for uh, chatting with us, Noah. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. Noah Stokes is founder of CannaGuard Security. You can find out more at CannaGuardSecurity.com. You can find more episodes of the Gonjpreneur podcast in the podcast section at gonjpreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gonjpreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gonjpreneur.com app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. We're also thrilled this week to announce that you can now find the show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing Gonjpreneur podcast to 60 million mobile devices. Thanks as always to Brasco for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Los. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 